Good morning, it's June 6th. We're reading through the Bible. Our Old Testament reading is in 2 Chronicles, chapters 20 through 22. And we see Jehoshaphat here seeking God in times of trouble, which I was reminded of Psalm 9, verse 9 today, that reminds us that uh, though it seems like he's running to God in his trouble for help to bail him out, uh, God doesn't take as much offense at that as we might first think. And God is gracious in rescuing. It says in Psalm 9:9 that he's a stronghold. The Lord is a refuge and a stronghold in a time of trouble. And well, of course, he'd like us to consistently seek him in the good times or the bad. What a good reminder it is that if you're struggling, if your back is against the wall, we need to be going to the Lord for our help and to be our refuge and our strength. Uh, and he will rescue. And it says, I think of this passage too, Psalm 91, 15, um, he rescues those uh, of his that he loves. He rescues them because he loves them. And it says he rescues them and they will honor him. And that's what happens in the passage. They honor the Lord, which is a great thing. If God has delivered you, if he's done good in your life, be sure you take time to be thankful and to honor and celebrate the Lord's victory. Uh, chapter 21, King Jehoram is warned by Elijah, which is a gracious thing that God gives warning. And yet he was not the kind of repentant, godly person we'd want to see in the throne of Judah. And uh, he promised to send a plague and he certainly did. And it is a horrific description of his death there at the end of chapter 21. He dies in great pain. And you can read about there at the end of the chapter. It'll certainly uh, move you, I would hope, to remember how dependent we are for everything on God, including our health. Chapter 22, uh, King Ahaziah and uh, Athaliah, Queen Athaliah, she tries to, you might remember from our reading through Kings, to uh, kill the royal family. And Joash, baby Joash, is hidden away in the temple and he is spared by God's grace. He keeps his promise in 2 Samuel 7 to establish David's line. And so we see that get to a very thin margin here in the life of Joash. Our New Testament reading is found in John 16, the first 15 verses, a very short reading in the New Testament. Be sure to read it thoughtfully and prayerfully. Uh, we've got here a um, great reminder in the very, very first verse that says that all these things he says so that we will not fall away. What a good reminder for us to know that biblical truth that you ingest every single day in your Bible reading uh, in part is there to secure you as we read in study in Second Peter to give you stability in Christ so that you're not moved from that, that you stay faithful and you remain and abide in Christ. Uh, we have more on the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's going to convict the world. Very famous verse here in verse number eight of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He explains that in verses nine and 10, but the reminder that the Spirit has gone out into the world to do that work, which is the work that we want to see happen when we share the gospel. And certainly that's a great passage and a great reminder for us. And also there we see in the end of this section, right before verse 15, that the Holy Spirit was going to be a guarantee that the New Testament would be written, that the Spirit would guide these apostles into truth. He would speak not on his own authority, but the authority of the Father, and that we would have revelation through those apostles. Certainly that is the immediate contextual application of that great section. Our New, Te New Testament imperative, our community imperative, is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, we've been looking through this great book to see things that we can glean, where we can put these things into practice as it relates to each other. I want to call your attention to verse number 9. 1 Thessalonians 3, 9 says, For what thanksgiving can we give in return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before God? I just want to slow down and think about that one phrase, return to God. 
Thanksgiving, we turn to God for you. Uh, we're giving it back to God because God has given these people to us. If we put ourselves in Paul's sandals here, we recognize that people in our lives are gifts from God, and we should be thankful to God for the joy that our friends in Christ give to us. I put it down this way, thank God for each other as gifts from Him. Thank God for each other as gifts from Him. Maybe that's a new way for you to approach God, even in your prayer life today, to think through some of your closest Christian brothers and sisters in Christ and to just say, God, thank you for giving these folks to me. I think of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, we often think about, or we should at least, that our leaders are gifts from God to us, that Christ has given those to the church and they're there for good and we should be thankful for our leaders. But here's a great passage to remind us, the leaders looking at people in the church, in this case in Thessalonica, and he's saying, I'm so thankful to God for you. How am I going to return adequately? He implies the thanksgiving that God is due for bringing me joy because of these relationships. So thank God for each other as gifts from him. Do that in your prayer life today and get to your reading in 2 Chronicles chapters 20, 21, and 22, and in John 16, verses 1 through 15. And Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible every day.